Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the All In Crypto podcast. I am your host, All In, and today I am extremely excited to have Mark Ugas, the Director of Operations over at Hashpack, here today to talk to us about Hashpack, of course, talk to us about wallets more generally, and everything in between. So welcome on board, Mark. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Yep. And with all my guests, I really like to start off with them. A little bit about yourself and perhaps how you got into the crypto space. Yeah, certainly. So, so yeah, so like you said, right, I'm, I'm Marco Gas. I'm the Director of Operations at Hashback. So a little bit about myself. Um, I'm, I'm originally from, from Spain. I'm from Barcelona, um, but have been between, living between the US and Canada for the past 10 years. Um, I've been working in terms of operating companies um, for the past, yeah, same 10, 10 years or so. And so initially I started, you know, basically at not a venture studio, but some sort of holding company that we spun out companies out of that, that holding company. And I was in charge of uh, creating and really basically identifying those opportunities and making them grow. Um, and then from there kind of transitioned into venture capital at the peak of the bull market. Uh, we started investing into um into crypto and web three projects as as well as more basically like just anything innovation related to tech. So anything regarding energy, obviously um the starts of AI, which was around, well, yeah, that was around three years ago or so. Um, and then eventually when I was so I moved to Canada and when I was in the VC, um I, we, you know, I was really I was really I, I fell in love in, with Hedera in 2020 or 2021. And I was really looking into it and we were investing into Polygon and you know basically ERC20 tokens and and all those types of things. But I was like, well, the, here's a massive opportunity. And you know, Hedera has superior tech. Um obviously if you're looking to onboard enterprises and really big use cases, has a massive leg up. And out of you know, just pure luck. Um, I ended up in the same city as the CEO of Hashback and I reached out and basically we just kind of made the acquaintance and then um, I basically just, yeah, I, as, as I transitioned out of, of, of the venture capital, I, I came into Hashback um, and, and yeah, it was, it was, it, it was strange, right? Because at the same time, you know, I've been in crypto since 2010, 2011 um and basically just really following not getting my hands dirty i'm not a programmer um but really just following what was happening and and then as new things came out as ethereum came out as you know all the other outcomes came out like i i kept you know things kept clicking in my head you know there's going to be a massive opportunity here when you know once you start with smart contracts you can start building dapps and all these things um and the the breadth of opportunities opens up massively. So when I found Hedera, I was, like I said, right, something clicked in my head. Um, there was massive, obviously, there's massive constraints on other L1s, um, ergo the reason why there's L2s um, in terms of scalability and, and and the price of transactions. And and yeah, it was kind of a, everything converged together, uh, perfect timing, the technology was, was something that really got me excited. And then basically, you know, joined Hashback about, a year and a half ago and it's it's been a wild ride yeah i'm sure and you know i share my love for hedera with you you know i'm a lot later to the hedera party than i think most people are and i think we're still yet to see the real rise and grip 
that DAGs have on this entire industry. You know, DAGs are this really exciting new distributed ledger way of doing distributed ledgers. Uh, of course, you know, Lehman Braid is a, a massive pioneer in that entire sector. Um, you mentioned sort of layer twos coming up to solve the problems of the layer ones, because like I say, DAGs are a totally different way of doing things. I think when it comes to Hedera, there's this kind of saying in blockchain, in it for the tech. I think with Hedera, that saying is probably more applicable than anywhere else. And not only that, um, you mentioned it being very fit for institutional adoption. Um, The reason for that, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Not only is it able to handle what a real use case would need to see in terms of uh, transactions, throughput, whatever it may be, Hadira is doing it at the moment. It's also to do with the governing council, the governing council that it's essentially ran by some of the largest institutions in the world. And it's a very surreal experience for me, who's been a part of lots of proof of stake cryptocurrencies, when I go on to Hashpack and I'm selecting my validators between Google and DLA Piper or you know whoever it may be. So it, it, it's very, very... Um, Impressive, I think. I think, uh, I mean, definitely. I mean, that obviously catches your eye. You know, whenever you go into the Hedera website and you see all of these massive logos that you use every single day, it's something that attracts you and at least intrigues you, right? Because from there, obviously, you know, you have to do your own research and understand the technology. I mean, like you said, right, we're all in it for the tech. And in the Hedera community, which is still in its nascency, in my own, in my opinion, that's really the the feeling that you that, that you get when you're engaged with the community people basically just like if if you throw throw someone a bone and get the, and ask them to talk about the technology they will have you there for hours and they could talk about the transactions and how it's technically capped at 10,000 you could really you know once you start adding shards you can scale it massively but then obviously there's a the governing council i mean and what's really incredible is that the governing council was basically put together back in 2018 and that's prior to the whole trend of DAOs, right? I mean, really, in a sense, the Hedera Governing Council is a DAO. They operate as a DAO, right? They basically have a they they have the big governing council, and then each participant is part of different committee, uh, like um, different groups that oversee different parts of the governance of Hedera. So that being the 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 coin um, group or the yeah. So like there's there's just a, there's a, a bunch of them, um, and. It's, it's incredible to see also how excited they are about the technology, how they're excited they are about building proof of concepts and applications on top of their technology, and how engaged, like if you actually go and try and reach out to them, they're, you know, they're some of the most passionate people about Hedera that you'll ever meet. And, you know, I, I enjoy having conversations with them so much because it's also something that sometimes gets abstracted from the community and like the 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 I guess the retail space because obviously enterprises and enterprises at that level move extremely slow it's like it's glacial in terms of the progress that they that they make but whenever they go and do something and put it out there you know we have something like at myo from Avery Dennison which is basically putting around 2000 transactions per second which i believe might be like only that one use case is putting out more transactions than the top 50 other um, L1s and L2s combined, which is really incredible. So it's it's definitely something that it's 
just getting started, I mean, it, the governing council is not even full. Um, from what we hear from Swirls, which is the operating arm of Hedera, um, the applications are stacking up now and they're being a lot more diligent because one of the things that they're looking at is the centralization in terms of industry, um, ge geography. So they don't want to put everything all the eggs in the one basket. They don't want to be all in the US. They want something in Canada, South America, Asia. So, you know, they're they're taking their time. Um, and it's definitely something that as it grows, it's going to be extremely exciting. And also as there's turnover, because the governing council is also not something that is set in stone. It's something that the the organization rotate every certain amount of years and they can actually renew and so on. But there's you know they they have to they they have to be active to be able to remain in the governing council. Yeah, and I encourage everyone to go and check out the Governing Council um, and, and just see who some of those big players are. Like you say, they're all extremely dedicated to Hedera. The big one for me was Aberdeen. I've got brothers that are both in the financial sector in the UK. And when I mentioned Aberdeen to them, they were kind of Aberdeen and crypto, you know, because there's still this dark cloud around crypto. And when I kind of explained what was going on, showing them some interviews with Duncan, they were like, wow, you know, they, they really kind of honed in on Hedera. And I think that I love new concepts in the crypto space and Hedera is, it's a new concept from start to finish, not only with the DAG, but also in regards to how they're tackling um, consenting a network governance. You know, they, they've kind of almost gone back to front with validators. A lot of Bitcoin, for example, you know, started off with Bitcoin, a few people on computers, and now it's ended up with institutions and stuff like that, whereas Hedera started with them and is going to build out to... Uh, the public. And I certainly encourage people to check that out. And that's why I was so excited to have you on the show. Because by all accounts, to me, Hashpack, which is a wallet, potentially could become more than a wallet, which I'm sure we're going to get into, is a key part of Hedera and its ecosystem at a time where, like you said, you know, Hedera is really kind of in its infancy. You know, a lot's happened, but in regards to where I'm sure we both have a vision of Hedera ending up, you know, I think Hashpack is uh, very well positioned. So if we could maybe transition to Hashpack, what Hashpack is, that would be great. Yeah. So basically, so like you said, so Hashpack uh, at our core, we are uh, a wallet, um, but more than a wallet, we're also an infrastructure provider. The way that we um, see ourselves fitting into this massive puzzle that is Crypto Web3 and Hedera is that we're here to be kind of the gateway, the entry point for people to get into crypto. Right. Um, currently, we control 95% of the monthly active users in the network. Um, and yeah, we've been around for only a couple of years. And really, the approach that we've taken with Hashpack is really a very much kind of the what is that that Steve Jobs quote? You know, start with a user and abstract as much as much complexity out of the out of the equation as possible. So that's kind of how we started. Um, Hashpack, I guess, quick story. Right, it was actually started on from people that met in Discord that were passionate about Hedera. It wasn't something that was kind of, you know, cooked up in a lab or something like that. It was something that people that were passionate about the technology said, hey, let's build a project. And then from there, you know, four people came out and and yeah, and they created Hashback. And then, you know, since the very beginning, the, the user experience was something that was imperative for us. It was something that we we knew that there was so much that, that we could make the experience of getting into crypto and using crypto multiple, like basically 10 to 100 times better because it's it, crypto is still very, it's in its nascency as, a, as an industry. The applications are still clunky and complicated to use. Um, you know, enthusiasts are very 
are very comfortable with that because it's almost like, you know, having your, your own, um, you know, whatever, like custom made system that you can tweak a bunch of different things, but really to get a massive amount of adoption into the space, we need to drop those barriers, still have the, the ability to have those very, you know, bespoke and custom made solutions for the people that want it, but also have, uh, a value proposition that is very appealing for people that don't know what um, what web crypto, crypto and Web3 is. So with Hashpack, what we're trying to do is kind of bridge that Web2 to Web3 um, divide and make it as and and make it feel like you're just using you know Facebook or Google or or Instagram or whatever you're using. Because at the end of the day, as like I said, right, as Hashpack, we're a gateway. We provide infrastructure for the applications being built on top of. In this case, in our case, Hedera. Um, and we want to make sure that it's yeah, that that people basically, whenever they get to Hedera, they they can start using it as quickly as possible. So that's kind of in a nutshell, kind of what we are, but then we, we can get into more in terms of like features and things that we've done uh to really close that gap between web two and web three. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We should probably start with the the actual wallet itself. Um, I think you're so right. Steve Jobs, of course was very right in regards with you need to start with users. I've used other ecosystems where honestly you need some sort of a computer science degree just to use the ecosystem. I don't want to mention any names, but it is truly the first thing that comes to my mind is no one's going to use this. No normal people, whatever a normal person is, um, is going to use this wallet or or this ecosystem as a result of the wallets and the kind of barriers to entries. And, And this is you know, when we think about crypto, everyone's so um, – because it's quite a glamorized space in many different areas. One thing that people really forget is wallets. Wallets, by all accounts, are the very gateway into these spaces. And I love Hashpack's approach of let's make this user-friendly. Let's, like Lehman says, be that – I don't want to use the word Trojan horse, but that Trojan horse inside Web2 to bring people into uh, Web3 and, and, and allow them to use all the amazing features that it has. So if we start with, we can maybe move on on the second half of uh, this to you guys as an infrastructure. But if we maybe start with the wallet, you know, how are you guys making things? How are you guys making it easy for people to set up a wallet? Are there any unique features there? Yeah, so, so certainly. So one of the things that we introduced actually back in January this year was the the ability for people to create a wallet through uh, through email. Um, so one of the things that we we found in terms of problems and you know I guess friction points for people um, either coming in from other ecosystems or or completely new people into Web three was the the seed phrase and the private and, and the private um, the private phrase and all that right. So it's and and that's something that for advanced users people that have been in crypto for a long time it it gives you peace of mind, right? It's something that you know how to, if you know how to keep, it's always going to be the safest way, right? And that, and if you pair that with a cold wallet, that's that's even better, right? Something like a ledger, decent, whatever it is, right? But what we identified is that if we really want to onboard people from other ecosystems and new people into crypto, we need to make that step a lot quicker. We need to be able to onboard someone into Hashpack in a minute or less. And that's what we introduced. We introduced... Um, and and you know and we 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 work with Magic Link in terms of the integration and basically now you're able to create a, a hashback wallet 
um, just by providing your email, you can put a two-factor authentic authentication. And it's that that's that's really there was like an inflection point as soon as we made that because then at that point people that were part of the community they they were being able to onboard their grandparents and 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 their and their parents and so on right obviously they might still not be using hashback on a daily basis right but creating that wallet that was one step then from there in terms of other features that we have obviously we have the in wallet swaps um we have um we actually created a protocol like in the very early stages of Hedera when there was actually no marketplaces we created secure trade which is atomic swaps um and that basically allowed people to create a way um of almost like an escrow account where you're like hey i'm going to send you this nft or and for this nft and as soon as the the two trades are on both sides you click accept and you 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 basically you swap them um and that was that was built to tackle a problem that we saw that people were being like, oh, yeah, sell me this NFT. I'm going to send you this. Right. And people, unfortunately, were getting scanned and they were not receiving the funds that they were promised. So that was another thing that we introduced in the very early stages of Hashback. And then another another massive thing that we actually introduced, and that was probably March or April this year, if not last year, maybe I I, I can't quite recall, is a DAP browser. And that really fits into the whole Hashback being the gateway into Web3, right? The DAP browser, what basically allows is, hash, is Hashback users to directly connect with applications in the network that, without leaving the wallet. Um, the as, as Web3 native people, we're very used to seeing the connect button on the top right or on top left, wherever the application puts it. Um, and connecting the wallet is something that is, you know, it, it's pretty standard, right? But if we're looking to onboard um you know millions if not billions of people from web 2 that's something that they're not used to they're used to seeing the cart if they're going on e-commerce or something like that but for the most part i mean even if you're in an e-commerce how often do you actually create an account or do you continue as a guest right like a lot for myself at least i for the, for the most part i actually continue as a guest because i don't want to get spent on on email by by that by that company so by leveraging the dap browser um, what the problem we solved is is that right? So now we already have an easy way to onboard, and now the next step is like, okay, what what do I do in Web three? Because you know decentralization is great, but at the same time, it's like, well, everything's so decentralized that you know I don't even know where I'm looking, right? And and yeah, so introducing introducing the DApp browser basically allowed people to basically start leveraging the the actual applications and start doing different things. On top of that, we obviously have um, the the ability to to on ramp and off ramp off directly inside of Hashback. So you, if you want to avoid um, going to a centralized exchange, that's complete. You know, you can you can do that all within Hashback. Um, we also in back in July, uh, we made a deep integration with one of the biggest um, marketplaces inside of Hedera, which is called Centex, and now you can list, buy, trade. Um, NFTs on the Centex marketplace directly inside of inside of Hashback. So basically, what we're trying to do, like I guess, if you had like a story arc, right now what we're doing, where we're building is towards that increased ease of use. As an infrastructure provider, our goal is to be an enabler. We don't want to take we we don't want to be front and center. The 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 app the the I guess the project that will be front and center will be the applications themselves. And as Hashpack, what we're working towards is building that infrastructure so it's extremely easy 
for people to actually access those applications. Because like you said, at the end of the day, if you want to do anything with crypto, you're going to need a wallet. And if you want to remain as safe as possible, obviously, you know, non-custodial wallets and so on is, is going to be the best way. So, so yeah, in, in, in a nutshell, that's, 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 you know, uh, what, what do we do at Hashback? Yeah. A lot to unpack there. And are you guys compatible with Ledger? Yeah. So we're, we're compatible with Ledger and a number of other um, hardware wallets. Okay. Um, the, only, the only thing with Ledger is that when we've been pushing this for basically more than a year now, so Ledger only uh, allows HBAR to, to be stored inside of the Ledger. So there's this thing called in Hedera called the HTS tokens, which are basically Hedera token service tokens <laughs> that... Um, that are basically, you know, if a project wants to create a token, it's basically still on on top of the L1, um, but they're basically kind of a layer above um, HBAR. And then same with same with NFTs. So unfortunately, Ledger hasn't integrated those um, quite yet, but we're hopeful that um, we'll be able to have that as well. Oh, and I guess one more note: we also have um, staking. Um, inside of the wallet. So you mentioned it earlier. So being able to pick um, the validators and so on. And that and that's liquid staking. Well, no, it's not liquid staking in terms of like, because I guess that's that's quite, that's not this, the, the exact same. But basically, if you stake your entire amount, you, you can you can spend the 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 H bar or whatever token you have in, inside of your wallet and you'll still get um, rewards. So it's not like you have to lock it at all. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a, a really cool feature. I think we're gonna um, lock in. There are pros for locking. There's also a lot of cons. One, of course, is you can't spend it. A lot to unpack there. Um, the, the the first thing that really caught my attention was this idea of setting up a wallet via email. Um, I've set up MetaMasks for pretty much every single family member I have, and even my younger family members. It's a it's a process. You know, none of them want to be in charge of their own seed phrases because I think. A lot of them aren't responsible or think they aren't responsible for their own actions. Um, but setting something up with an email really, I think, changes the game because then it makes Web3 just as easy as it is to use Web2, exactly what you've been uh, speaking about. And I think that that's brilliant. The one question that I do have for that is how safe, in your opinion, is that? You know, if someone has a large amount of funds that they want to put on Hashpack to access all the things you guys are enabling. How how safe is that in regards to um, doing it via the seed phrase? And then, of course, the ledger would be that next step. But but how safe is the kind of email thing? Oh, yeah. So in terms of, of security, that's something that we obviously, that that's like our number one priority. Um, but the, I guess, and, and I'm not technical, so I'll, I'll do my best to explain how secure. Or me. Or me. So we're, it's the blind in the blind here. I'll just nod. <laughs> So basically, the way that um, email log, um, email logins through Magic Link works is that there's a credential that is stored um, on an AWS hardware module, which is the highest level of security inside of AWS, and it's only accessible by the user, right? So um, not not Magic Link, not Hashpack. We have access to any of those, and basically, if you ever are locked out or anything like that, you can always you, you as the owner of the account are the only person that can retrieve that. And in addition to that, one of the good things to add additional, I guess, 
peace of mind in terms of security in terms of the email login um, is that there's two to the two FA or MFA whatever you want to call it the multiple factor authentication um, which basically allows you to you know have a secondary aspect of security into that because obviously you know we all get phishing emails and you know sometimes you're you 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 might get your email compromised it might not even be it might not even be a hashback thing right but having that additional layer of security is obviously very very important um but again i mean like you mentioned the safest way if you have hundreds of thousands millions of of dollars inside of any wallet the safest way to have it is always have I mean, what I do and what I recommend people, if you're going to tell me, oh, I'm going to put $10 million into a wallet, what I tell them is, okay, grab the seed phrase, grab the, grab the private keys, make multiple copies, maybe even split them, put them in a bank vault, and then from there, put it inside of a ledger or whatever hardware wallet. Because then at that point, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's like building a plane or, um, or building some some like, like a car, right? Like you need double, triple, depending on like, if you're looking at rockets, like a SpaceX rocket, like you have, you know, four times like in terms of redundancies. So that's how you're gonna always be the safest, but it's the same as putting one, two, three, four, or five locks in, on the door of your house. That's really kind of up to the user. What we try and do as Hashback is educate everyone to make sure that they can make the best decision for themselves. Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be able to tell someone, okay, go open a bank vault or or anything like that. But but yeah, that's that's kind of how um the security in terms of magic link compares to more traditional. But uh for the 99% of of, of people that just want to enter Web3 and have a, a solid amount of funds, the the email onboarding will be completely secure and they won't have any issues. Yeah, yeah, I just absolutely had to ask. Um, and, and you're so right, you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's really up to you how many locks you put on the door. Uh, and people, just because something's enabling you to do something, it doesn't mean that you should not do your own homework and also um, come up with your own security measures. I think this is something uh, that still really needs to be educated on in regards to Web3, um, certainly when it comes to funds. Yeah, and I guess it's it's the same as you know security in your email or any other web two application. If you put, you know, one two three four as your password, I mean, you know, that's it's your own fault. Your own fault, exactly. So, so that's that's really you know as as infrastructure provider as well as providers. Again, we want to educate, we want to empower people to make their own decision. But and because we we can't, you know, there, there's a, there's a as a non custodial wallet, there's so much that we can do. Um, and that's where kind of where 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 we have our line, and uh, I ho- we ho- we wish we could do more in terms of like, you know, telling people to actually you know get five logs in on on their door. But at the same time, we also understand that you know we're not here to you know parent our users. Our users are 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 smart enough, and um, they can make their own decisions. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You're really there just to enable people to to, to be able to gain access to a wider ecosystem. And I really like where you went there with um, having a kind of uh, DAP explorer on the wallet. You know, if you look at the internet when it first came about, you had all these different websites and it was very fragmented. And actually, some of the largest companies of today, Google uh, and others, were the people that put those fragments together through search engines and things like this. It's kind of similar with what you guys are doing, I guess, in regards to um, Web3. 
So you've mentioned a few things there in regards to identity and digital identities, which um, Hashpack sounds like they're, they're trying to facilitate. Now, this is an entirely new concept that's yet to be explored when it comes to the crypto space, having a digital representation of yourself. Eventually, I think passports and everything, I think we spoke about this off camera the other day, are likely going to be on the blockchain or on a distributed ledger of some sort. Talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, the name service for Hedera right now and how you can actually use that as if, you know, as you go through the Hedera ecosystem, because this idea of literally being able to know someone's identity online and send and interact with them as easy as you can send a text message financially is, is huge. Yeah. So there's actually, um, so there's, I'll, I'll start with the three uh, different naming providers. So there's Hedera naming service um, or, formerly known as Hashref name. Um, there's Kabuto um, and there's Web23, um, Web right? So those are the three naming providers, right? Um, so from there, so the things that you can do with the with the different TLDs uh, is very similar to other um, ecosystems. And then as Hashpack, what we are trying to do is basically empower um, those naming services and empower the users to be able to do with them as they wish. Right. So um, one of the things that we have, and as, as I mentioned, is being able to um, set your your basically your um, account ID as one of those TLDs and then associate it as well with one with an NFT that you'd like. So whatever NFT you have in your wallet, you can set it up. And then what we're trying to do, you know, the, the idea is something that is extremely exciting for us. It's something that's going to take a long time because you have to get buy in from a lot of parties and a lot of parties majorly being the governments that if enterprises move glacially, I mean, basically governments move in eons, you know, it's 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 extremely slow. Um, and what we're trying to do is, since we have the aspect of HashConnect, which is the connector, what we're trying to do is basically beef that up so we can enable um, those TLDs to follow you throughout Web3. And the good thing about that is that, yes, you add a layer of identity in your interactions with applications, um, but it's completely up to the user in terms of why, what identity you want to show. So if I have, and, and I mentioned this earlier, if I have mark.hbar as one of my TLDs, but then um, I have mark.h, which is another TLD ending um, as another TLD, you know, I can switch them around, right? And depending on the day or depending on the application or, on the, or depending on the thing that I want to do, um, I can actually change those, those, uh, those identities. And that really, again, you know, as and it really kind of ties back together with what we're mentioning earlier being the gateway into web three um it's what we're trying to do is empower those the users to do whatever they 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 want with all of that and it's been very cool to see you know to go into marketplace and put marketplaces and below actually see the names of the of the users that are listing certain nfts but then at that point you know and for the most part there's a lot of um users in web three that use the same um, and on, I guess, handle on their Discord um, or on, on their Twitter. And now they're using it inside of Hashpad. So you can actually kind of start putting the picture together. And although it's extremely decentralized, it kind of creates kind of a layer of that identity. And again, obviously, this is going to get bigger and bigger. Where we have a lot of exciting things coming down the pike uh, in this regard. And it's 
it's something that, like I said, it's going to take a long time to get passports. And like I mentioned on off camera the other day, I would love to have my visas inside of a wallet. That would make it a lot easier. And I hate losing my passport. Uh, so, so, um, so I think that that these are the kind of the first steps. Um, it's almost like a proof proof of concepts. And I think it's going to be make it. it it's. It's it's going to be very interesting because it's also going to make it a lot easier again for people that are coming in that are new into the space to actually send things to an actual alphanumerical uh, alphanumerical um, I guess name rather than a zero point zero and like six numbers or like an ETH address zero x and like you know whatever however many however many characters that is because if not that that's still too complicated for most people so yeah that's that's a few things that we're doing in identity and like i mentioned we're working on, on a lot more um and kind of taking little steps towards towards that kind of vision that everyone has in web3 for of of the id yeah you know i'm really getting sort of ready player one vibes uh and and, and wallets Again, they are going to be not only are they the gateway, they're a, a fundamental part, like what Hashpack is to the Hedera ecosystem of the entire Web3 space. Not only are they the connector in regards to what you're doing with dApps, they're the enabler in regards to being able to set up an account. They're also perhaps the identifier. And identity is so underexplored. I mean, once you have an identity, you can then build up credentials, online credentials that you can verify and you can use that for credit. You could use that for this. You could use that for example, if you're selling an NFT and people want to verify that whatever it may be uh, has come from, or you're a trustworthy person to be doing that or buying something from, you know, you can really see how we end up with a digital version of ourselves almost that is um, verifiable due to this technology. And that's really the, the missing part between Web 2 and the metaverse and how actually Web 3 may enable this kind of metaverse. I think metaverse isn't the right word to use, but digital world, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, right, if 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 Web 3 and crypto is bringing value to the Internet, what's the most valuable aspect of anything, right? It's, it's, it's ourselves, right? So in some way, I mean, I don't think we're going to have be a fully tokenized right but like identity is is actually something that's going to for a lot of use cases it's going to be imperative i mean at the end of the day um there's going to be yeah i mean like i said right if you want to get a visa like you need you need identity if you want to there, there's a lot of stuff that you need identity for um so so yeah and and at the same time it's also something that it, it's going to i think identity is going to evolve as as it kind of builds up because with Web2, what we've seen is that we've actually given out too much of our identity. And now all of a sudden, it's like, well, Facebook and the big tech companies know more of me than I probably know of myself. In terms of this, it's it's like that that example of like the machine learning algorithms that basically can tell if 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 a woman's pregnant before they even yep. know. Yeah. Because of, of their shopping, you know, because of the shopping that they made. So that that's really um, I think that. Web3 actually adds an opportunity to kind of pivot away from that. Um, and I'm sure that new things will come up, but it's 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 going to be a fresh perspective into, into the whole identity aspects. Yeah, no, I absolutely love what you brought up there. I've heard that. I think it was uh, Facebook knows when your wife's pregnant before you do or something like that. And actually, this not only is 
um, distributed ledgers giving people their sovereignty back in terms of their financial sovereignty. You know, you're now the custodian of your funds. You don't need to trust a bank. You don't need to do this. You you are the, the be all and end all when it comes to that. Actually, this has gone a step further now with identity. You're taking your identity back. You've given it away to these companies like Facebook and stuff like that. You now have the choice when you sign into an app, or I'm sure Facebook and everyone will end up integrating this. I don't think they'll have a choice uh, eventually. You'll get to a point where you can say, I don't want you to use this information, or I'm going to conceal this information from you so that you can't use it in some way, shape, or form. I was also listening to something on Alexa and how actually when you're talking to Alexa, you're training it, but it's also training you in regards to the responses and and, and the things that it's giving you. You turned on my Alexa. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. I'm keeping that in, by the way. <laughs> um, so don't get too trained up by it. But yeah, no, it's it, it, it's fascinating the world that we're moving towards. And, and Hashpack, we're a massive fan of Hedera. We love what you guys are doing. I've used so many different wallets across so many different platforms and honestly, Hashpack is one of the most complete packages from every angle, not only what you can do with it, but how you can do it. You know, it, it, it really is very exciting. And I guess the vision for Hashpack, maybe I can ask you, what what is the overall vision for Hashpack? You know, we've maybe covered quite a lot of it, but just to give us that broad summary. Yeah. So first off, thank you so much. I mean, massive pleasure. <laughs> that, 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 you know, it, it, it's it's a, definitely a team effort here. So so yeah, really appreciate it. So I guess in terms of vision, vision, right? One of the things that um, that I think we're still missing in Web three in general is the killer app. Is being is is spending as much time in Web three as you spend on TikTok or YouTube, right? And I think that that's still going to take a while. And um, f- for us to get to that point, the infrastructure, you know, we have to do our part. We have to provide the infrastructure so applications can. So we can enable applications to be built that can basically capture the imagination of millions and billions of people. So right now, I guess in terms of like a step-by-step thing, right? What we're trying to do is inc- look look very closely as, at how much time people are spending Web3 a day, a week, a month, and a year, right? And really, you know, if, if you spend one more minute a day, that's a win for us. Like we don't need you to spend, you know, four hours a day on on our application for us to 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 call it a victory, right? For us, like the even if it's like um, increases in seconds, that's a win for us because basically that what that's telling us is that not only us but also that the applications that are being built are are very useful. At the end of the day, you want to build build things that capture people's imaginations, like I said, right? That people want to go in and like when they get home and when they have a break, they actually want to use it. And that actually brings value to people, right? We don't want to try and we don't want to take away value, right? At the end of the day, like in terms of data, I mean, that's something that we haven't even touched on. But like at Hashpack, we don't track any of that data. Like we actually wash our hands and we're like, hey, look, like we don't even, we don't even want this. Because at the end of the day, you know, again, if we're looking at decentralization, if we're looking at identity, what we want is for people to own that data. So that's kind of where we're going in terms of our vision. We just want to build the roads. We want and build the roads and give people the the the, the picks and, and access to build those applications in the best way possible, um, and with the least amount of friction in terms of the the developer experience as possible. That's why you know, and we didn't get into this either. But you know, Hash Connect that was the first version. We've done the three versions now, and now we're bringing the Wallet Connect standard with that and we've worked with the entire uh Hedera, um 
well, Hedera's world's community to build a standard. So to make it even easier for dApps. Because at the end of the day, like we've, you know, the current the the concurrent theme throughout the 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 conversation is that as Hashpack, what we want to do is is enable enable people. And you know, we have a, a an interesting role because we don't only enable retail users or the wallet users, we also enable the developers that are building. Because at the end of the day, like I said, right, like we're that connector. Like it's it's that like that Spider-Man uh, th- part where like he's like stopping the train. We're like Spider-Man trying to stop the train, right? <laughs> and you know the, the the two sides is retail and developers. So like that's that's where that that's what um that's what we're we're going towards. And there's many other things that are we're very very excited uh, about because with with that vision that's that's general enough. Where like you can think about like identity, where you can think about DeFi, you can think about NFTs as a whole. You can think about you know consumer uh, consumer applications that are coming from enterprises. And that's that's really where where we're kind of going, um, and then everything else just kind of feeds into it. Yeah, very exciting, and I, I can't wait to see the days when we have decentralized social networks um, that are accessed through the likes of Hashpack. I mean, we've not even got into all that, and there's so many areas that we could also cover. Um, but as we're in a little bit short on time, we're going to have to do a part two, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> if you agree to do that, yeah. Um, if Alexa allows you to do that. Um, but yeah, no, we'll have to get a part two done. And Mark, really the last thing for me to say is it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Very excited about Hashpack. Very excited about the ways you guys are innovating the wallet sector in the crypto space and enabling people that are perhaps familiar or maybe not even familiar with Web2 to come into Web3. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. I really do thank you for your time and uh, agreeing to talk to me and come on the show. The pleasure has been mine. So thank you very much. And yeah, looking forward to the second part. Thank you.